Welcome to episode two of the Island Green. Uh, man, we learned a lot that first episode. We we're uh, getting a crash course in sound, and it was so nice. We decided to do it twice. Yeah. Well, the feedback was good. Feedback was good so far. I I had a lot of people reach out that I, you know, respect in the golf business, and they said it was you know it was informative. It was somewhat funny. Somewhat. We'll, we'll take somewhat. Uh, Constructive criticism. For those of you listening help. for the first time, I am Len and that is Nick and this is the Island Green Podcast. We're going to talk about uh, Atlantic Canada golf, all things golf, especially here while it's, uh, you know, got a foot of snow on the ground in the Atlantic Canada. But um, yeah, and just sort of uh, talk about uh, what's been going on in the golf world over the winter months. Trying, uh, trying to get through these last... It's going pretty quick. It's middle February, so you know, two and a half months now. Thank God. Yes. Yeah. Um, we have. I'm not going any further into this before I mention our very first guest, who will be coming on in a little bit. Um, we did the interview a couple of days ago. It is re- recorded, um, obviously. Uh, <laughs> talk about talk about uh, overshooting the grain on our very yeah. first uh, guest. We missed clubbed. We oh, we totally <laughs> missed clubbed. No, I think we got it spot on. Actually, somehow uh, can't thank Lori uh, enough. She's going to be coming on in a little bit. Uh, I, I think everyone's going to really enjoy her um, her interview with us. Um, she is she is just an amazing human being. And. For those wondering, I was at the interview, but I didn't say too much. I was more of a fan, just kind of listening to her talk. <laughs> uh, I don't know Lori that well, so I was just kind of wanted to hear what she had to say, and then I threw in a few words. I, I love it, but you know point. what? That's that's actually a really good point. Is that you don't know her that well, but yet, and people will find this, she she knew who you were. Yeah, she did her research. That's unbelievable. Anyway, she is an amazing lady, and we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll get that interview to you in a little bit. But uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is your picks from I, last week. Yes, uh, like right before I made the picks, I w- I went on and said, you know, I don't do a lot of gambling, but I'll I'll try my best here, and you know, they seem to they seem to do pretty well. I Needless had a- <laughs> to say, you kicked my ass on yes. the in the picks. This week, what did I, I had? I had first pick Burger, and he won. And then I yeah, had Cantlay, yeah, Cantlay was like tied three, and, and then Homa, Homa, maybe top ten. I think he was so. top ten as well. Yep. At one point, it was one, two, three. Yes, and then I, and then the only one that really I had that was going, which I thought was, if he won, maybe I would have gotten you know uh, more you know more money. I think that's how we do it. But there's no question, you are one nothing, Nick, on the picks. Uh, we'll get to our picks later. We're not going to talk too much about. The uh, the golf picks until the end. Yeah, we'll um, save we'll save that for later. Yeah, and keep people keep people guessing. How was your weekend? I guess it was a long weekend for everybody. It was uh, family day Monday here in PEI and snow day yesterday? So it seemed like it was it was a very long weekend. <laughs> what you do Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day, which would have been Sunday. Yep, just. Not too much. It was a typical family weekend day. Boys had hockey, so we were at the rink. Yep. Uh, we had did kind of a family Valentine's dinner, and uh, nothing out of the ordinary. That's for sure. Yourself? Uh, I am, you know, husband of the year. I went golfing in the simulator, and then I went, uh, 
and then I went uh, to play rec hockey at at the worst time for you know six forty five on Sunday evening, and I'm and I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> you're shaking your head at me. <laughs> anyway, uh, I have an amazing wife, so she was fine with it. We we did our uh, Valentine's dinner on Monday, where we made uh, piatto pizza take home. I actually played. <laughs> Uh, golf this weekend as well on Monday with I think a friend of yours Jeff McDowell oh did you go out there yeah how was it it was good yeah I'd, I'd never met Jeff before um, we met up and played 18 holes and really good guy uh, he's been he's been all over the place uh, for golf and hockey and he's back in PEI now so yeah he'd no. be a really good interview actually yeah he, we didn't get it, uh, we were trying to focus on not shooting over a hundred in the simulator, but uh, <laughs> any skins out? No. Ah, oh, it's too bad. Another donation. Yeah, they have a they have a weekly skins game. That's unbelievable. Um, I made it to the to the gym on the weekend, so you know that's that's a positive. <laughs> well step. done. Yes. Um, I'm actively trying to, I guess, be more fitness conscious. What this gym do you go season. to? Uh, the weekend I was at uh, Naturally Fit, so I went there on nice. the weekend, and actually, I'll just tell you a quick little story about my fitness regimen. Um, <laughs> over, probably just before Christmas, I was following these guys on social media. They're the whole nine golf, is what they're called. They're from uh, Hammond's Plains, Alex McDonald over there. So All I right. reached out to Alex, and I said, Alex, you know, I'm looking to, you know, do some fitness-specific golf stuff this winter. What, what do you think you can do for me? And, you know, he, he had mentioned he just put together kind of a 16-week program. So timing was great. So, yeah, I've been, I've been following that for the last two or three weeks. Oh, um, wow. So you're, you're into it. Yeah. Like, <coughs> he sends you the program every Monday for the whole week. Mm -hmm. You just you get your exercises in. He's got an app. You, all the uh, videos and stuff are him doing the exercises if you don't know what's going on. Cool. Um, the funny story is, though, is that one of the routines is really, uh, it's mobility and flexibility, right? So it's not your typical gym moves. And if you know Naturally Fit, it's an old school gym, you know? It's yeah, like totally. dumbbells that go to totally. 180 that yeah. I, I can't pick up. So I, when I went on the weekend, I kind of went at the prime time, which wasn't really a good idea. Uh, about six feet away, Cowboy Mike Hughes is doing <laughs> shoulder presses. With, He's such a beauty. <laughs> With more weight than I probably put in the leg press. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I'm six feet away, standing in the mirror in my golf stance, doing 18 reps of pelvic thrusts. <laughs> so the exercise is literally dry humping the air. Wowzers. Um, so I look over, and he's kind of giving me the old, like, like what the fuck are you, are you doing? <laughs> so I've decided that on my mobility flexibility days are either going to be done from home. Not a bad call. Or maybe like nine... Late evenings when the place is a little more. Have you ever empty. done hot yoga? I have. When when's the last time you did hot yoga? Probably would have been three or four years ago. It was actually Hot Athletica with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Oh the. Well, I'm telling you, I'm going in two hours to hot yoga, and I've gone about four or five times actually probably more than that now oh my wife would be so proud of me anyway and i've gone usually i go with her but <clears throat> uh but i find that i find it extremely beneficial to to go you i sweat like a 
yeah horn church but anyway and uh i i just i notice a difference almost almost immediately i lose probably 10 pounds worth of weight in one class yeah in the place class. i was going was um oh you're looking up the name yeah eli eli's uh oh dynamic there. dynamic dynamic yeah. fitness yeah 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 he had done like a hot athletic class and same type of deal. It's whatever, 120 degrees and yeah. some cardio and stuff. And I liked it. So the sweat just drips off of you. Yeah. But everyone's in the same boat. So you don't seem to, it's not like you're the only so I play, in there. So I've, I've been a goaltender for 40 years, basically. Wow. That's a long time. Anyway. And I will, I have said for the last 20, I'm the most unflexible goaltender that ever sort of lived. I'm so unflexible that like now I feel like I'm getting a little bit more flexible just because I've been going to hot yoga for, you know, two months or something. There you go. For all you people looking for some flexibility, check out your local hot yoga I'm studios. telling you, there's going to be people that are listening that think, well, I mean, the mental image is disturbing enough, yes. but, uh, <laughs> but, but it, is, it, is, it is a very good workout, I find anyway, and, uh, you know, I, I enjoy it. Hopefully, you know, last week we were talking about, you know, I don't go to the gym at all and all <laughs> fairly obvious but i'm hoping that if i can get into a routine keep going that eventually it'll lead me into going to the gym you know a couple of times a week i mean you know we can all we can all yeah. hope anyway um but uh oh i wanted to touch on this because this was a couple about a month ago but speaking of people that are in shape uh the tiger documentary that came out um it was First of all, did you see it? I did not. You didn't see it? No. Nope. I, I boycotted it. Oh, you didn't. I did. Why? Well, leading up to it, when I saw the previews, they had that same preview running with Earl yeah. kind of talking at the podium. Yeah. I said, Here's look. my treasure. Yeah. It looked, it looked, <laughs> looked amazing. And I said, Tiger Woods, of course, I'm going to watch it. But you I, heard, I heard the four Playboys correct. talk about not, No, it wasn't them. Just I heard that. He wasn't in, Tiger himself wasn't involved, and it wasn't a lot of people that he's close with now that were involved. It was people kind of from his past, and I just I, I didn't watch it. All right, well, uh, who else was Scotty Morton? So he was also going to boycott it, and it is almost entirely based on the book Tiger. Uh, it's an unauthorized biography. I read it cover to cover. I couldn't put it down. It's fantastic. And anyway, but as you read it, you get to know the fact that, like, there really wasn't much about Tiger. It, like, sorry, there was lots of, it was all about Tiger. But him growing up, you know, it, it was more about, like, how much of an arsehole his father was. You know, like. It, really? Yeah, man. Like, it. And I think most people, including Scotty, who's in a diehard Tiger fan, there's, there's, you know, so many folks that are, but it doesn't paint Tiger in a bad light. I mean, anything, the first episode is basically how he became the greatest. The second part of the documentary is basically how he kind of fell from grace and a little bit of an redemption. But most of it, like the first episode especially, uh, you know, like it just kind of show like, what his upbringing was like and it wasn't detrimental to tiger at all like i i, I really enjoyed it but I, I enjoyed the book more but uh 
yeah, I mean, that's the his father just built a robot. Do you read the book or watch the movie first whenever? Uh... <laughs> well, it depends. I think now I I tend to, I mean, this one, like, I didn't even know they were going to come out with a documentary. So I read the Tiger book. And I, like I said, it, there's not too many books that I just can't, I'm not a big reader, first of all, mm. but there's books that I can't put down. Slash's autobiography, Guns N' Roses, big fan, and Tiger's book are both like right up there. Apparently Andre Agassi's book is really good too. I have to do the movie first so I can envision the character in the movie when I'm reading the book. So if I was to read a Jason Bourne Solid book, point. every time I'm reading the book, I'd be thinking Matt Damon. <laughs> true. Yeah, true. Otherwise, you get this sort of other notion in your head of what yeah, yeah what what they what they look like. But I'm telling you, even if you are, even if like I, I think Riggs or something on the barstool, they, he was not going to watch the documentary in fear that it paints Tiger in a negative light. It does not. It it shows. I mean, there's nothing about you know sort of the whole cheating on his wife and all that kind of stuff. There's nothing that comes up from that point of view that we kind of didn't already know, you know, but I mean, the footage that he had, like some of the footage that his, his uh, girlfriend from high school had, like a tiger dancing around in the living room and stuff like that stuff's awesome. I found it awesome anyway. All right. I might, you might've sold me. All right. All right. So we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, Did you happen to get out into the backyard yesterday and Try any Happy Gilmore swings, being that it was the 25th anniversary of <laughs> an you, iconic golf you, movie. So you saw the clip, right? You saw you saw Happy yes. 25 years later, and he yes. smoked it. Okay, yeah. so I think we everybody saw that. It's yeah. making the golf rounds. Did you see the reply from Shooter? Yeah, okay. I did. So which one did you like better? Happy's was pretty good. It was good. The I felt rocking the high tops. I felt Shooter's was more in character, though. That's true. Like he was cringy and he was just yeah. sort of, you know, with the pointing and the gun and the, oh God. Uh, okay. So was that your favorite golf movie of all time? I don't know. Tin, tin Cup. They're two completely opposite end spectrum golf movies, right? You have the complete comedy, you know, nothing really realistic about the golf. And then Tin Cup is as trying to be as realistic as it gets with the drama and the U.S. Open yep. and the the yep. actual cameos from Gary McCord and Phil and Phil Stadler Betting. and yeah yeah uh, I think I mean <clears throat> if we're asking the question what is your favorite golf movie so full disclosure last two nights ago I put on Tin Cup. And I got through about half of it. Um, I, as a golfer, oh yeah, by the way, we're a little dark horse here with Caddyshack. A yes. lot of people think Caddyshack is the is their favorite golf movie of all time. I forgot about Caddyshack. Not that I forgot about it, but it is very, okay. very funny. I'll admit that I only really watched Caddyshack for the first time last year. Really? Yeah. I thought it was horrendous. I don't think it's good at all. It's hilarious. It's, Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, man. Bill Murray. I was never a Rodney Dangerfield fan. Hey, what are you doing? Holy God. Apparently, the, the amount of illicit drugs that they had during that taping of that movie, that's the, that's the real story that came out. 
<laughs> I thought Caddyshack was was pretty funny. You did? Yes, Bill Murray's funny, and and you know, look how it's long right. look how long ago it was made. I like exactly, and I think the fact that I just watched it last year, I'm looking at it and comparing, and I, I mean at the time, probably it was one of the funniest movies ever ever done, but it I don't think it. I don't think it dated well. I don't think it's a timeless classic. I know that I'm going to get flamed everywhere for that, but as far as you know, memorable quotes go, you know, I don't think there's a movie. Well, there might be a few, but there's definitely not a golf movie where you don't quote Happy Gilmore. Oh yeah, no, that's. I, that. I'm glad you said that because I thought you were going to say Caddyshack, and I'm saying no, no, it's Happy no, Gilmore. It's Happy Gilmore. There's it's, so many lines. So many lines. Turn around. Only 364 more days till next year's tryouts. Got to toughen up. Go to your home. Go to your home. I mean, every amateur golfer has said that a number of times upon missed missed uh, missed opportunities on their putts. Um, yeah, I. So, Tin Cup, uh, Tin Cup versus Happy Gilmore. What's your pick? To watch once or? Oh, good question. Watch over and over again. I'd probably go Happy Gilmore. I think you're right. I think you're right. It's more entertaining. It is. It's, I mean, it's like you know him punching out Bob Barker. I mean, that stuff's just gold. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll settle that. I don't know. I'm sure we'll get lots of comments on um, on on folks' favorite. And where there's probably some that we're missing. I remember that one with Will Smith. Legend uh, of Bagger Vance. Bagger Vance. Yeah. Matt Damon in that yeah. one too. Yeah. It's a Matt Damon yeah. festival today. Uh, the greatest handsome. Some handsome that fella. The greatest game ever played. Shia LaBeouf. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's some good, you know, half decent ones. I still don't. I still think there's a blockbuster somewhere. But I mean, let's face it. Like golf's not exactly the most exciting. Sport My quote last week about how I've gone back to being a lowly amateur. Right. That's from the greatest game ever played. Is it? Yep. <laughs> Thought that was a Nick classic. No. Stole <laughs> that right out of Shia's <laughs> repertoire. Um. The schedule I saw the PEIGA release. Well, their schedule's out for 2021, and I saw Fox Meadow is hosting the amateur this year. I'm so excited! I got a little little story about that actually. Okay. Uh, so, as you know, I've I was a photographer, wedding photographer for many years, and obviously last year all the weddings got you know all the ones that I was doing last year got pushed to this year. And one of them uh, was on, uh, I think, the first weekend of July. got rescheduled. And then, of course, the schedule for the Fox Meadow, uh, the amateur, comes out. And, of course, it's that first weekend of July. And I think it is, by the way. It could be a different, could be the next weekend. I'm not exactly sure. But anyway, whatever it was, it was the same day as one of my couples had rebooked their wedding. Anyway, so I'm so bummed because I have enjoyed that tournament so much over the last two years. did well last year and um i was so bummed out about it that anyway it was fine i'm like i'm not i'm definitely not going to cancel someone's you know photographing someone's wedding but turns out not even a week or two later uh the couple called me and they've rescheduled again from that weekend to later on in the year maybe the maybe the fiance is playing in the amateur as well you know what you never know you never know i've never thought of that but maybe that's the case yeah. Excuse me, honey. Is there any chance we can move the wedding week? But the thing is with Fox Metal. My game's rounding into form. <laughs> I plan on being a game shape right then. Um, the Fox Metal, I I think it's going to be a great venue for the amateur. Uh, 
it's got i mean it's biggest defense i'm sure that you'll agree is is it's greens greens hard and fast and absolutely if you're above the hole and they're playing hard and fast it's last couple of years uh we've played the golds a number of times and i don't i mean judging by the tee blocks they don't get played too often they're in pristine condition but it is it is a golf course from back there like every club in your bag golf course yeah they've i would say they've uh made it more generous off the tee they've cut down some of the fescue like from years past yeah um when they first i know they're doing it. bunker renos now i've seen some pictures they're making it a bit more maintenance friendly by taking out some of the bunkers and maybe dividing make, a couple of up. Yep. Turn them into some grass hills and yeah. Whatnot. So off the tee, you know, I think it's somewhat generous now from the golds, like you said, it's a different story, but like you said, the defense is going to be the greens. Um, and also no, all the love to Fox Meadow, but some who's ever cutting the pins on some days out there, <laughs> Either shade was, has been thrown. Either it was their first day or <laughs> their last day, and they were going out with a bang. But um, like you said, greens are hard and fast, and uh, that's the challenge, though. That's the whole challenge, right? Wherever you, they stick the pins or whatever, like it's it's you get on the green, and that's where you're. That's where you got to go to work. No, I think it'll be a good test. Like you said, best golfers in PEI will play, and I'm sure there'll be some some good scores. Posted, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but the rest of their schedule's out. So, you know, I know it's early. It's only February. But if you're uh, booking your weekends and stuff, you got to remember that weekend. And then obviously the other weekend, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But it's the Stanhope Open, the Catalina Wine Mixer of, uh, of tournaments and PEI, in my mind. That and Island Open, you know, I'm more of a Stanhope Open guy. But yeah, um, all... They're, Ho- they're coming back, eh? All the tournaments are, are coming back. Like, I think, uh, like, the the attendance or the registrations, I guess, for all of them, like, took a dip there, I'd say, the last, you know, 10 years or so. And I, I feel like now they're starting to make their way back up, you know, especially after last couple of years with good growth in the golf game. Yeah, the growth in the golf game, and I think, uh, you know, just the competitive nature of a lot of the, the players now want to get out and, and compete. Um They've done some really good ideas, too, with tournaments to kind of, you know, like the amateurs may be an exception where that's taken up three kind of full days. But, like, Country View does a good thing with theirs where you'll play kind of in the morning on uh, on the one day and then they do a, maybe a shotgun on the second day. Kind of doesn't take up your whole weekend to go play the tournament. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, weekends are kind of precious nowadays, right? So for you to give up a yeah. whole weekend to go play, if you can come up with kind of different ideas for how – to facilitate the tournament, get the registrations in. I know last year was different. It was pretty much, it was almost like just like a round of golf. You just showed up, teed off. Yeah, yeah. We were allowed the, to hang with out the COVID after. restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which wasn't a bad thing. You just kind of got your meal after and yeah. and headed home. Yeah, but uh, hopefully this year they can have a little bit of a a gathering after because the second day, you know, when I'm going up to collect my check, it's always nice to have people around to, you know, clap and stuff. <laughs> All, all those all those checks you're collecting like happy gilmore I, I used to ask for them in the big cardboard version and just stuff them in the back of my car on the way home from from the events i wasn't waiting for the direct deposit uh, a couple days later <laughs> driving around with driving around with cardboard checks in my backseat for 47.50 I, okay so i tie, I, I, tie wanted 20th. To, I wanted to ask you this 
because like I said in the first episode, um, like we don't know each other that, that well. Um, I, I, I'm wondering like, what's your low score that you've ever shot? 67 Stanhope. No way. 500 per. Uh, what tournament? No. Are you insane? <laughs> From the Reds? No. <laughs> tournament. Well, I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, 67 at Stanhope would be my lowest. Lowest tournament round ever? Yeah. Probably a couple over. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I mean, we discussed that last week about your yeah, the different mindset. Tor- tournament mindset. I was uh, my low is sixty eight. I've done it twice, and it was last year. Okay, and uh, one at Fox during men's night, and one at Belvedere at uh, Monday uh, Monday group. Okay, the fun Monday group. See the uh, the group I was telling you about with Alex there. Uh, they do a weekly call, and actually, I missed the call last week. But the special guest was a mental. Uh, Oh, like a like a mental like golf a, game guy, like a mental coach. Yes, and it was like the one call of the year that I wanted to make, and I I couldn't get on it. Um, Do you know who it was? Or was it somebody from Off Island? Somebody from Off Island from Nova Scotia. I can track his track his name down, but I guess I talked to Alex after he recorded it, so I will go listen to it. But cool. he said he did a great job. You could put in questions and stuff. And one of my questions was like, what stops someone that threshold mentally from? You ever you know. You're even or one under going on to 17T, and then it's implosion, double-double finish, or it's... Heart starts racing. Yeah. So what's to get over that hump mentally? Anyway, I missed the call. Uh, A couple years ago, actually, I had some, you know, not... My mental game wasn't as strong as on the golf course, let's just say that. So a friend of mine suggested to keep... Mental U18? Yeah. A friend of mine suggested to keep a book. I said, so he said, take the book with you when you play and write down your, your thoughts kind of as you're playing the round during a tournament, no, no less. So right. I, if I could find that book or if I had a, made a copy of that book, I'm telling you, the things that were written down in this book. <laughs> all would, the different things you're thinking about? If somebody re- just read the book and didn't know the context What am I going to have for dinner? No, 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 nothing like that. <laughs> Like, make two pars in a row, and I'd write down something like, feel in the flow. Like, then there's another happy flow <laughs> phrase right there. I'd write, feel in the flow. Peacock walking. Just shoulders are... I'm just strutting up number six fairway, right? Right, People right. from across number eight would look over and be like, shit, Frid's playing good. Look at the strut he's got on right now. <laughs> then I'd make a double or a bogey, bogey finish, and I'd write down, why do you even sign up for this event? You're... You're the worst golfer I've ever witnessed in my you life. Find that, you find that book. You, you need to find oh that. Oh, my gosh. Or, or start recording them the, or something. Uh, the funniest part of the book would be something like, "What can I? What can I come up with so I don't have to play tomorrow on the second day?" I hurt my. What excuse can I, can I hurt my back tonight? I slip and fall down the stairs. Like, <laughs> this book was gold. Anyway, I'll have to try to track that down. Are you gonna try this year to to play a few more tournaments in your your new amateur status? I am. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna play them and just go out and. I'm a little older now, so I think maybe you know I kind of can settle in a bit better. But yeah, I'll look at the, like I said, I looked at the schedule, and there's a bunch that I like. I'd like to play the courses I enjoy playing. So yep, yep, we're gonna play some events this year. So that and, schedule uh, came out. Yep. Where did it, where where can I find it? I actually don't know where that is. It's on the PEIGA website now. Nice. That's just like your standard 
tournaments, you know, your 36-hole events type of stuff. Yep. There's a bunch of yep. other that'll come out later, you know. Oh, God, scrambles and... 666 at Eagles Glen. Yeah. Uh, the Nike shootout at uh, Brunel Dunderave is always a fun one. So there's a... They all come out, but there's a bunch to play. You could probably play at an event every weekend if you really... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Had the time. Well, yeah, I think so. Uh, it's a big commitment on the golf course side, right? But it is, like, yeah. there's, uh, there, there is no shortage of tournaments. Um, you said the 6-6 six, six and 6. I, I got to shout out again, Scotty Morton, my partner. We played in the, this one that was out. In, oh, no, it wasn't 6-6 six, six and 6. It was, what did they call it? Um, Hills and the Eagles? No, it, there was a name for it, and it was 36 holes all one day. Brudenell. Oh, I heard about that one in the fall. The Epic. It was called yes. The Epic. And so it was, um, there was four formats. There was Scramble. There was, uh, there was Scramble. There was Better Ball. There was Alternate Shot. And then there was this new format I'd never heard about called Chapman Format. Okay. I've never played that. Okay. So Chapman Format is basically you both tee off and you go to whichever one you choose. And then you hit your, and then from then on in, it's alternate shots so for example uh i was feeling the driver so i was i was hitting driver and then scotty would go up and he would hit the second shot and really good iron player he hit it pretty close whatever part threes are great because you just basically go to the closest one to the hole but that but yeah so it's kind of like a modified alternate shot i guess anyway we were fire in that format we went six under through nine holes on Chapman format, and that's with a bogey. Sorry, we went five under. We had six birdies, though. Anyway, so we won I th- that division. I think I remember the last Probably day. me bragging about it. No, I oh. think I remember the last day of the fall finish seeing you and Andrew Dunning Yeah. very hot to start. You were at the top of the leaderboard yeah. for yeah. most of that day, Yeah. and then like a camel in a snowstorm oh. collapse. We had one double bogey. And if we hadn't had that double bogey, I mean, how do you double bogey? Anyway, we had a, we had a double bogey. And See, we would have, would have Nick and I played really well the first two days, and the third day we just couldn't. Uh, Hung over. No, nothing like that. <laughs> just We couldn't fake it for any longer that we are disdain for each other. We, we got along so well the first two days, the third day there was an implosion that had to happen. You can only take so much of Nick, though, right? <laughs> Me or him? Both. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, All so right. I, I did want to, I had one, something else written down, okay. and um, um, because we'll come back after, uh, uh, after Lori's interview and talk a little bit more, um, but uh, I wanted to ask you, do you think golfers are athletes? Well, the short answer would be yes. Okay. Back up your answer with me. Okay. Um, because we've seen the John Daly's, the Lumpies, the, like, I mean, you know, they're not exactly athletic specimens. Right. But they know how to hit a golf ball. Right. Does that, does that mean that they're an athlete? Short answer, yes. Okay. Explanation coming. Okay. Um, if you look at any sport, you know, there's going to be, a small number of people that you would look at and say, oh, that person, you know, they're not an athlete. Look at the NFL. Look at your offensive linemen. 6'6", 300 pounds. If you saw them outside of the league, you'd probably say, oh, no, he's just a big guy. But 
the footwork they have to use to be in the part, their hand position they have to use. I think football is a bad example. I think anyone that's in the NFL is an athlete. Is is pretty much an athlete unless you're the but the of, long snapper. Think for golfers then. So you think of you know Lumpy or or John Daly. They have their bodies have to be in the same position as the guys you would think of as your top athletes on tour to get the ball to do what it wants. Their hips have to be they have to be mobile on the hips. They have to be able to turn through. Um, I think it depends on your definition. The hand-eye. By the way, I'm not calling golfers not athletes. Right. I'm throwing the question out yeah. there. The hand-eye coordination. Uh, you know, the touch and the feel around the greens for the kind of grass they're playing in to have be able to hit soft high flop shots and they can all all right what about nascar drivers absolutely they are athletes in yeah. your opinion yes okay athletic you're making left turns all day with the 100 the 120 degrees inside that cockpit i guess it's called or with the driver's seat three hours straight no break uh the G-forces that are against your body when you're doing that. Have you ever been for a ride? In a, Listen. If, well, I, if I go like 130 kilometers an hour, mm. I'm like, oh, you know, it's getting up there. These guys are going. Okay, so in that same regard, you're, you're basically taking, I feel like you're taking talent and, and um, you know, because if that's the say, you, you would also call dart players athletes. Well, that See, might, that okay. Might, that might be a stretch. See, I put dart players in the same category as NASCAR drivers. To me, you know, I don't know. I mean, I are they? They're certainly talented, um, and you know, God knows some of them could probably, you know, all of them can bench more than I can. But as far as like athletics, like when I think of athletics, I think of Olympics, and I think of all the people that you know they train and train and train, like your wrestlers, your boxers your you know rowers and and all of these people that train and they they get it done at the olympics like to me the olympics are a spectacle of all these athletic sports and the nascar will never be in, a, in the olympics yeah i just think you know and i've never been in a nascar car but from what i have read about what kind of their body goes through for a race, I think you have to have athletic ability to be able to, to do what they're doing. I think you need to have ability. I don't know if it's athletic ability. No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's that, that's one of them that's out there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll ponder over this. What do you think? Should we go to uh, our interview with Lori? I think so. I think the I think the listeners have listened to us yammer on long enough. I think you're absolutely right. Um, it gives us great pleasure to uh, to go to the interview with Lori Kane. Well, our first guest today needs absolutely no introduction, but since she is our first guest, she's going to get one. Uh, she is a four-time LPGA winner. She has won five times on the senior LPGA tour, uh, the Legends Tour. She has been in the top 10 99 times. I still think she's going to go for the 100. Anyway, uh, she is a member of the Order of Canada. She is a member of the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame. 
And all of that being said, I think the biggest thing that we can talk about our guest, Lori Kane, is that she is one of the best role models that ever came and put on spikes, especially for young junior golfers. Welcome to the Island Green podcast, Lori Kane. Thanks, buddy. Pretty good, eh? Yeah, I thought, not bad. Was, <laughs> I thought it was going to have to be like Phil Mickelson when the lady was introducing Tiger and say, all right, all right, we get it. <laughs> I was saying that, Nick, but I wanted to be kind. I didn't want to interrupt and say, yeah. hey, no. Yeah, that's, yeah. The part that's true. I missed the most was I'm an Islander. <laughs> like, that's true. Yeah. From, yeah. from the, oh, well, we we're going to get into that because I was going to say that, you know, with, and with all the, you know, the money that she's made in the LPG, PGA Tour, she is still taking the money off the boys at the Tuesday group at Belvedere every Tuesday Trying. in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you are where right now? I am sitting in my kitchen in at Lake Nona Country Club in Florida. Um, nice. Yes, I, I, uh, I came back to work um, trying to just get, um, well, back into what I normally do and get ready for what I hope are a few events um, early spring and then leading into the senior U.S. Open um, latter part of July uh, and then uh, CP Women's Open, fingers crossed, we can get um, to Shaughnessy and uh, get to play that. What's it, uh, what's it look like for the, for the senior tour as far as events go? I mean, obviously the PGA Tour is going, so what's the scoop for you folks? Um, we're, we're going to struggle. Unfortunately, we were kind of getting some traction leading just before the pandemic hit. And as a result of that, um, so the USGA runs the senior us women's open, and then we have the senior LPGA championship, two events, which I believe will go. Um, my dilemma will be, I'm not going to be able to play the senior LPGA championship because I will be at the CP women's open at Shaughnessy. Um, it's unfortunate that they're back to back and I was not happy and told a few people. So, but, um, <laughs> scheduling is scheduling. So it's, it's kind of tough. Um, would that be because of quarantine, you wouldn't be able to make it back and, and play both. Well, events? So, no, Nick, the, the tournaments are the same week. So, um, oh, I, same week. In, I know I'm talented, but I can't be in two places. <laughs> French, French Lake, Indiana. And Vancouver are, couldn't be further apart. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's unfortunate. But I, you know, I, I know that, um, well, first of all, we're here at Lake Nona, we're hosting uh, the Gainbridge um, to get the women back uh, playing after they played uh, tournament champions just about three weeks ago um, near Disney. So they're going to be here at Lake Nona. And I'm going to Monday qualify, going to attempt. Um, just because I need to get some competitive juice. So it's, um, I have a meeting that week with uh, Commissioner Juan um, before he leaves to find out exactly where we are with senior women's golf and the LPGA Tour. Nice, nice. Uh, I, I kind of want to rewind a little bit. Um, okay. Because uh, being Could the be first, scary. yeah, well, you know, we, we, won't, we won't go into dates. Um, but, um, we, I do want to get a little bit of a, of a background. I mean, obviously I grew up and played at Belvedere and all that stuff and, you know, always have known you for a long time, but, um, when I guess like as a junior golfer, like <laughs> for lack of a better word, how'd you get so good? 
Like, when did you basically, like, did you live on the golf course? Were you always there? How did that go? Um, no. Well, so um, the backstory quickly is that uh, the Kane girls were introduced to golf at Brudenell when Brudenell opened in the 70s. My dad was the first pro. Um, wow. Harry Simmons was the general manager, and um, Joanne and Sandra Simmons are the same ages of Mary Lynn and I. So that's Mary Lynn's my older sister. Um, yep. we, got to, we got introduced to golf. I would say we were five or six. And um, then dad, well, dad was still coaching at the university. So uh, the hockey team. Um, yep. So summer, Brudenell, uh, we'd come in, dad would coach in the winter. And so golf was something we did, but we only, we did it not, um, you know, now kids are one dimensional sports wise. And yeah. I was, I did everything. Yeah. Um, when dad left Brudenell, I wasn't old enough to join Belvedere. You had to be 12 back then. And so, um, we would play Glen Afton on a Saturday. Um, I remember finding it, believe it or not, a $2 bill, um, at the golf course there and just things. So we, so I was, you know, I played dad, uh, always told me that I had was given a gift, uh, to swing a golf really? club and, really? Um, but the summer I was 13, so I joined Belvedere when I'm 12. And um, then the next year, I'm like wanting nothing to do with golf. I'm going to go to the cottage. I'm going to be at the beach. All the guys were there. Then I realized quickly that all the guys were not at the cottage or the beach. They were at the golf course. So smart <laughs> girl. <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> no, nothing has changed at I all. Arrived, so I arrived at the golf edge. course. <laughs> So, um, so the summer I'm 14, I get lots of Cecil Dowling. Um, my dad got me a job in the back shop and the rest is history as far as Belvedere goes, because it's, you know, it is the backbone of, of where I learned to play. I was challenged by some of the best, um, amateurs, both men and women, um, through trying to get, uh, I didn't know where this was going to go. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm late to the party as far as my age goes. And I've had to explain that, like, why did you turn pro when you were 30 or get on tour when you were 30? And I'm like, well, that's just the way it worked. Yeah. So, um, yeah, wouldn't change it for the world. But um, Belvedere uh, definitely and everyone there um, has a part in where I am. So you, 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 I guess the question I'm trying to ask is, did you go away to like you're 14 you're at Belvedere and you're playing all the time and you're getting good I yeah. see a uh, course record up there from you know a little later after that but did you go away to play anywhere um you know once you left Belvedere that's a good question I I went um, I looked at going to school in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I'm academically challenged and I I mean that with um it's just I went to Acadia. I don't change. Yeah. I would, I loved being at Acadia, but it was tough. I mean, I yeah. really, um, school wasn't, didn't come easy. I'm a little bit dyslexic, I think. Um, yeah. never diagnosed of course. And I've had yeah. great teachers <clears throat> like Fred Code. Fred Cody got me through math. That's how I graduated from high school. Me, me too. Um, I had to do math twice, <laughs> a, two times a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the, yeah. the, um, so I did spend uh, a winter just before I went to Acadia. Um, God, I'm going back so far. I'm going to jumble up the years. But anyways, I did look at going to school and actually yeah. here in Orlando at Rollins College. 
Um, I played some amateur events, um, bigger amateur events uh, down south. Um, you won one, didn't you? Called the Doherty. There's, yeah, there's a couple of them. But yeah. um, so I was named to the national team. And yes, I won the Mexican amateur in 91. And that's right. like my time not being in college was my time I spent with the national team. And I think, you know, 88 uh, is the year that really things changed because I went to Vancouver and played the Canadian amateur and, and finished second low Canadian. So I think I was fourth in the tournament overall. But met Jack McLaughlin, and that um, that changed everything. Were you playing right. any golf? Were you playing any golf in Wolfville, while Acadia? <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ken yeah. Wall. <laughs> Ken Wall, yes. Whoa, Ken. Um, yes. Yeah. So I came. I'll never forget this. I lived in a house that's across. That's next to the um, uh, athletic, the gym, and. Um, which is also the house was next door to the funeral home. And um, we called ourselves the morgue. But um, I came, lived with some interesting people, but uh, I came back from home, a visit home, and my shag bag was empty. Um, the bottom of my seven iron was all like cracked Rocked up. Yeah. Oh no, like deads, like like scrapes. And I'm like, boys, what were you doing? Well, they were trying to hit the biology building from the front yard, which really <laughs> wasn't a yard, it was more like the sidewalk. And so <laughs> I wasn't happy. <laughs> so there were about five hockey sticks that got <laughs> a little payback. <laughs> It'll pay back. It's, they break quite easy. You just step on them and move them over, and the the blades will snap. So yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> that's unreal. So okay, so you're amateur, and then you turned pro when you were. You said you when you were thirty. Well, so nineteen. I don't even know. You're gonna have to do the math. Don't um, worry about the years. Don't um, worry about the years. Nineteen ninety one. I played the Canadian. Uh, I played the World Am for Canada right. under very um, stressful time, but. Um, so it was after that. So I turned pro in 93, actually. Okay, 93. All yeah. right. So I'm living on the island then. I'm just trying to picture my own sort of progress. And yeah, I was right. on the island. I think I was a member of Belvedere at that time. But you got full-time status on the LPGA like 96? Um, so I had, condi what we, we don't, would have been referred to as conditional status. So in 96, I played nine tournaments that year. Um, went to back to the tour school in the fall of 96 um, with Danny on the bag because I had then met Danny at the you know through the winter of 96 and um, we got full status on tour for 97. So Danny's your longtime long-term uh, caddy right? Tell us, yes. tell us a little bit about him. So um, Danny's from Hamilton originally, um, lives down here in Florida, um, played, was one of the founding members of the Canadian tour, believe it or not, uh, oh. and played, you know, played the Perrier at Brudenell and, and uh, um, I met him through friends at Royal Oak in Titusville and Royal Oak then was owned by the Canadian PGA. Um, so he's watching me play and we're playing some golf. And he said, you know, what is this? Why do you only have conditional status? This was in 96. And I said, well, I kind of went to the tour school and this is what I've got. And 
I'm going to try to use it to the best of my ability. And um, so it was at the end of that season, he caddied for me the last two events. Um, he had finished playing. So he caddied for me. And, and I said, look, I need to go to tour school. Could you come caddy? And he said, sure. And then um, after we finished, I think we finished second. Uh, he's, I said, look, I don't know what your playing plans are, um, but would you think about working for me a year? And he had young kids and, um, you know, he said, yeah, I'll give it a try. Well, the one year has turned, turned into 20 plus. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now Danny is caddying for Hank Libiato, um, a young uh, Florida boy who's um, left-handed, strangely enough. And, is a member here at Lake Nona, um, but he's coaching me. I, I, he's still the eyes, and and uh, we don't see each other a lot, but um, definitely he'll he'll try to help me on Monday that of the uh, Monday qualifier here at Lake Nona. Um, yep. Overall, awesome. I mean, yeah, it's it's he's not a day goes by that I don't learn something from him. So, okay, and I'm just just your very first tournament your amateur tournaments or whatever i mean we think we talked about this in the first podcast nick and i were talking about tournament golf and how it's right. sort of a whole different beast do you get like do you still get crazy nervous on your first tee did you ever get nervous did that just sort of subside after a while or what's the what do you what no what no no if you're not nervous on the first tee you got problems okay All <laughs> right. i think that's All the, right. that's that's like the, the you know i have a checklist and I've yeah. always said if the butterfly, you need to have butterflies. That's the thing that keeps you in the game. Um, yeah. I don't care what sport you're playing. Um, you know, you if we're fans watching the anthem being played at a hockey game, you got the guys kicking their skates, they're ready to go. They're getting amped up. And if I head to the first tee and I'm not physically engaged, like feeling anxious to get this ball in the air, then um, I should maybe go back and start again. <laughs> uh, there have been times when I've needed a kick in the butt to, you know, to get myself going. Um, this summer at uh, Belvedere playing the Island Open, I mean, God bless my dad. He was standing on the putting green and I'm looking at him as Jamie's announcing my name. And this yeah. is what's going through my head. I'm not yeah. sure dad's ever going to see me play again. And yeah, yeah. Um, I proceeded to snipe it right down in front of the ninth tee box. <laughs> or behind the ninth tee box. No I did make four, though. <laughs> hey, great part. Doesn't matter. So, so, you know, people worry about the first tee. And the first tee jitters are a good thing. They're, they should never be looked at it as a bad thing. That's unreal. That's I, had first tee had first tee jitters. <laughs> I had first tee jitters getting on this Zoom call this morning. <laughs> You got well, to usually, breathe. <laughs> I, I just cross my fingers to hope that when the starter announces the playing order, that my name's going to be first. So I go plug my tee in right away with the ball on it because <laughs> if I have to hit second or third, there's going to be yeah. a couple times to get the, the tee without the, the hand just rumbling. <laughs> so you, uh, you, I, I, I distinctly remember, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember you were really close to winning a number of times on the, on the, P, on the LPGA tour, like a number yeah. of times. I think you, I think you've finished second, like, or in a playoff, you lost in a playoff. You were in it seven times and you've won twice, but like you were so close for so long. Correct me if mm -hmm. I'm wrong again. Uh, and then to finally, you know, you finally pulled through and I remember, 
everyone in and it had the champagne and everything else, right? Yeah. No, uh, not champagne, beer. Just, just oh, beer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. They, they actually, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about that and, and the feeling and, and, you know, like you were so close for, for so long and, uh, and how it all kind of went through. Well, I, um, it's well documented. Um, I give some credit to Marc Messier in my first victory, but that's right. Um, I finished, I finished second and lost in playoffs, um, nine times leading up to my first win. And, um, Danny likes to remind me that I have 99 top tens and 17 seconds. Yeah. Um, there's uh, that getting over the hurdle. You know, I, I, I guess Bob Rotella said it best in this. She said, Loria will get, uh, Loria will change things when she's tired of what she's doing. or tired of how it's happening. And I happened to be home. Um, the DeMaurier series was what I kind of, you know, played in Canada prior to getting to the, to the LPJ tour. Mm-hmm. And we had a stop at Rudinell. And I remember being out on the back of Rudinell watching my friends um, who were club pros and still playing um, and trying to, you know, get going. Um, and I thought, wow, I've really come a long way. And knowing that I was heading to St. Louis the next week, at the same time, Mess was being traded back to the Rangers from Vancouver. And he talked about winning being an attitude. And I had yeah. a winning attitude, or at least I did feel I did. Yeah. Um, but that that pit in your stomach to walk to the first tee and own it. And um, so being at home, knowing what, uh, regardless of whether I didn't win ever, um, I was in a really good place. And I should have been celebrating that rather than wondering what was wrong with me. I'd been told I was too nice. Dottie Pepper said, yeah, she's too nice. She's not going to win. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Lenny yeah. didn't know anything about Judith. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, we'll talk about know, her in a second. It, yeah. If I fast forward, um, would it have been a little less painful to have gotten over that hurdle sooner? Yes. But would I have learned about myself? No. I was going to say, ask us a little, I want to, she, she, she mentioned Judith. I want to know, uh, I think our listeners would love to know a little bit about Judith. She sounds nice. (laughs) She's the rock star. So my name is Judith Laurie King. (laughs) I don't know why mom and dad felt they needed to put Judith first, because now when you travel, you have to fly by your passport name. And so rather than not have her part of the team, um, Judith, I jokingly refer to as my evil twin. Um, she keeps Lori in check. In fact, I think she's a lot tougher than Lori. Um, and um, she's just my little alter ego that uh, I can talk to and say, she'll say, well, okay, time to get your head out of your ass and let's go. She's <laughs> <laughs> got a little chip on her shoulder. Yes. She, she's known to have a few Molsons as well. <laughs> <laughs> So 2000 was a pretty big year. Like once you got that first win, it's kind of snowballed from there. Uh, what was that whole year like the experience? Uh, did it all seem crazy? Um, pretty much a blur. It was, it was pretty um, like, I remember the win in St. Louis uh, was unreal. And then I hop on a plane the next month, that Monday. And after being at the ballpark, um, I go, the Cardinals were playing. So we went, we were invited to the card. I'm like four rows from 
home plate and meeting Joe and Jack Buck. No I'm way. like, okay, what is this? But I'm with the Budweiser team and they were, you know, became very good friends of mine. Um, but the next day I had to go to Ottawa to play what would be the last Des Moines Classic at Royal Ottawa. And that was an experience I don't think I was prepared for. In fact, um, if there's one turner, if you ask me if there's anything that I left on the table, it was that week. I should have won. And um, I had it in my hands except for a tee shot on the 14th hole on Sunday. Um, they had made, because the golf course had 36 holes, they had um, an internal out of bounds. So I hit it in another fairway, which wasn't in play. And uh, yeah. if I could put the ball in the fairway on the 14th, I probably would have won. And so um, I just remember going in the, how excited people were for me to celebrate my win in St. Louis. Right. And then trying to find a sponsor to keep, uh, you know, the Canadian Women's Open moving forward was a challenge. Um, but I, ha I still have it. It's, I think it's a 12 by 12 of all the members at Belvedere signed to congratulate me. Um, that was shipped up to Ottawa. Uh, then, you know, rolling um, forward, it was just, it was a busy time. I went to Japan and won in November and then flipped around in early January and won in Hawaii. So it was, um, yeah, busy. <laughs> yeah. She was ripping it up on the LPGA tour. Tiger was ripping it up on the PGA tour. Two legends having the best years of their <laughs> lives. No question. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I going? I had something else. Um, but I was, oh yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> I need you to talk about, uh, the block party. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, that that had to well, they're legends. They are legends down here. Um, I'm asked like, where do your friends hang out? And I'm like, well, they're up north. They, my neighborhood here at Lake Nona um, is pretty cool. I'm I'm barely. Uh, I'll tell you, it's a special place. And I at times have some of my friends come down. Um, <laughs> Andrew Craig McMillan. Um, I'm going to set the stage. Yusuf Hashmi. Um, and who else was with us? Chris Irwin. Um, I think, I think Kent McDonald, was he here then? They all that? tend to blend together. But it's the a who's who of island golfers. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. The story goes like this. So it's at the end of my street. It's a little cul-de-sac. And I'm Yusuf. Um, there was a broker that from Toronto that Yusuf knew. So we're chatting with him. His name is not coming to me. And in the background, I'm hearing, I'm like, what the heck is going on? So there's a bottle of wine and a shoe. And Andrew is hitting the <laughs> bottle of wine. To open it. To open it. Then he finishes it off on the palm tree. And the cork comes flying through the air. And all hell breaks loose and the eruption, everyone's like, who are these like <laughs> creative people and where are they from? <laughs> well, we would be the Canadian group from Prince Edward Island. Yep. Um, and the rest is history. And there, that's, they, there has never been a black party like it. Never will be again. Uh, some since special then, guests though, did you not? Um. Oh, God. There was, a, there was a trophy involved. Oh, shoot. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So Chris Irwin. Um, now, 
Grand McDowell lives has a house down the street. Not a big deal, and just he, down the street. Just down the street. And Kenny, his mom, dad and mom are there. But yeah. during this time, um, GMAC was on the road, but Kenny has <laughs> the um, US Open trophy out in the driveway. Well, you know, <laughs> you'd want to know where Chris Irwin, Yusuf Ashmi, Craig, <clears throat> and Andrew McMillan. Um, yeah, Kent yeah. McDonald would have been. They would have been in his driveway with the U.S. Open trophy. So yes, um, <laughs> I remember they did it. I was just going to say, I think Chris had just become a dad, maybe I think for the first time or something like that. And I remember him telling me the story way back when. And he got this block party. He was in the block party, and he came up next to the trophy, and Kenny was there. And Kenny was saying, or Chris was saying to Kenny about how the moment when when Graham won the U.S. Open and and his dad came in and I remember the famous quote was you're some kid, you're some kid or something along those lines. That's and right. Yeah. Rehashing that with, with uh, Kenny. I, I just, I remember that for some reason. I thought, geez, that must've been something. It was. And, um, and it was great. I mean, Chris, Chris is like a little brother I've never had. I mean, he's catted for me and um, he's so good at what he does. The, the one person that was probably the most annoyed that he wasn't here was Paul Murnihan because Paul had the kids from Holland College down and That's they right. were working the tournament, I think, over in Tampa Sawgrass, or somewhere close. And yeah. um, Chris and Kent were to join them. Well, they had come to my house and for a round of golf. And I said, OK, boys, hand me the keys. Nobody's leaving. Yeah. Um, so I they stayed the night. But Paul was with the kids from the college. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, well, <clears throat> listen, he doesn't miss out on too much. So no, he doesn't. Be, no, he doesn't. Just fine. <laughs> uh, the other story I wanted to bring up, and uh, and this goes back a little bit. <clears throat> I think there was, uh, they were doing a little piece on you on uh, the CBC. Oh, you're not, we're not talking about that. Well, if, if you don't talk we're about, not talking now, about I'm going to talk about <laughs> No, we're not talking about that. No. All right. Well, well there was I, too many things. So just let me let me tell the story. There was right. too many things that went wrong that day that I said, there's no way like Chris Devine and I go way back as far as like childhood friends and for him to be carrying that camera and too much chatter. And there was so much chatter in my head because everybody was talking about what was happening rather than letting what I knew I could do. I was aiming out over the water. I wasn't aiming at Chris, who number was only, at, by the way, number six at Belvedere for our listeners. Ten yards down the hill, and I hit the camera. <laughs> <laughs> that was on Chris's shoulder. All right. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I had asked a few people. I think maybe four or five people. I just said, if you have anything, you know, talk about Lori that she she'd oh, enjoy, no. let me know. And two of them brought up that story. Yeah. So you can you can thank <laughs> Roddy and Shelley for those ones. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't. It's not funny. There's not one part of it that is, um, it could have been, I know, but it could have been disastrous, Lenny. And I, like, I, it, I still get ugh, an uncomfortable <laughs> feeling. I can tell you a good story though. If Roddy Willis is speaking at a school, yeah. I only asked Roddy for 36 holes to write the numbers on the pin sheet for me so I can see it. I don't okay. carry a, I don't carry a yardage book. So I quickly gave him, the you know the breakdown of being uh he wanted to be a tour caddy and he was and he did a great job by the way but i kept asking him i need to see the numbers roddy front 
to the front of the green, the pin, and, and the back. So three numbers. But yeah. please write it down so that I can, you know, <laughs> no, not going to write it down. Second hole, Roddy? Nope, not writing it down. Third hole, nope, not writing it down. Well, we went the whole round. I finished the first round, holing out on 18. So we, we finish at one under, and we're back at the hotel grabbing a quick bite to eat because it's a quick flip around. He said, Laura, those numbers, they're, they're important. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are important. Let's see if we can get them on the pin sheet tomorrow. He told me about that. You, you skimmed over it there in that story, and you said you hold out on 18. And he told me about that and how you, you shot one a little over the green there, and the lie was absolutely horrendous. And he got back there, and of course, he was really nervous. He just wanted you, you, you to, to finish off the, the round. And anyway, he looked at the lie and went, oh, shit, this, is, this looks brutal. Anyway, and here you just cut the legs right underneath it, yeah. so, soft like a marshmallow, right into the cup like what a way to to finish anyway i think you made his day more than you were excited you got you got in the house under power that round he did he did we yeah. had it we had a great time i think it was a good experience for roddy um i mean roddy's been a, a very good friend and a big supporter of mine for a long time he and kim and the boys um are important to me but um to have them there inside the ropes to know to get a real sense of what i do um mm -hmm. it's um it's different than like it is different. And I, you asked if Judith ever showed up. Yeah, Judith always shows up, but it's whether or not she's taking control or needing her foot up Lori's butt. Um, but that week, um, I think for Roddy was fun. We, we had played with Cheyenne Woods and Reynolds, Cheyenne's caddy, um, who was also a good friend of mine, was very helpful. We, we had a young amateur that was playing with us and there was a big week for Cheyenne. It was one of those situations where, you know, it was coming to the end of the season tournaments were getting fewer and Cheyenne needed to make a check uh, to keep her, you know, yeah. to keep her job going. Yeah. And I remember Roddy saying, you know, we're going to get on the clock here. This young player was the amateur was quite slow. And I said, let me handle it. Um, I went to Reynolds. I said, Reynolds, you take care of uh, Cheyenne. I'll take care of the rest. And Roddy said, well, what are you going to do? You got to, don't be, <laughs> I said, just run. I, I went over and I told the young girl, I said, look, this isn't about you and I, we're going to, you know, Saturday or Friday's round, we're end up, we're going to be down the road here, but Cheyenne really needs, we need to get, let her play. And um, Roddy was like, wow. But I think he learned from Reynolds who gets the flag, the little waltz around, all the, yeah. the little things yeah. that happen. Little things that look so natural. Yeah. Right. But then also, you know, I needed to I needed to have something happen while well, it didn't. But to watch Cheyenne grind uh, to keep her job um, was, I think, eye opening to Roddy. That's unreal. That's amazing. I was so, gonna, Nick, uh, I have a question to ask you. Why did yes. you leave golf? Why did you leave golf? Um. Well, I don't. Right on the spot. I love it. Yeah. Money. No. I, no, <laughs> I was kind of half and half. Well, I was fully into golf when I was uh, at Summerside with Dallas and then the golf Academy. And then I kind of became half and half. I went back to school and did uh, corrections and it kind of came to the time where it had to be either all corrections or, or not it. Right. Uh, and so 
I even I stayed with the golf even while with the corrections. Uh, I still stayed with the PGA Canada on the board of directors. Mm-hmm. But then once again, it kind of came to the time where I wasn't taking advantage of what the PGA Canada being a member had to offer me. I wasn't teaching. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I didn't feel like it was. I should have a spot on the board of directors when I'm not fully invested in the game. There's so, mm-hmm. so many young pros in the zone that you know, kind of were looking to to kind of step up and, and be on the board. So, right. you know, I went and got my amateur status back and, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm still playing a bunch of the events and, you know, part of me would like to get back into the PGA because I miss the guys, but yeah. Um, yeah so it, it was kind of, it was, I miss it, but I still think I'm, 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 I'm kind of in, involved enough that, I still yeah. see, see so your story your story is not unsimilar to what I grew up with my dad was the, the director for the Atlantic um, PGA for a long time yeah. and um, was you know on the other side of some winners being a hockey coach summers being a golf professional um, and doing that stuff and then he like you he said I, I changed jobs he started working for government and um, in transportation before he went into the golf product. And he said, I can't, I, you know, I can't do, I can't be half in it's all in or not. And um, yeah, that's um, well, you're right. There are some young pros who are, are trying to cut their teeth and, and stay in the business. So good on you for, for recognizing that. See if he has the same conversation next year, this time, Laurie, we'll just sort of <laughs> yeah. keep track of him here. Um, I did, uh, I, we don't want to keep more, uh, more of your time here, but I was kind of wondering about sort of, uh, uh, there's a, you're, you're involved with Mill River. Yeah. Uh, 50 years. They're ce- going to sell We're going to celebrate 50 years. Oh my goodness. They're doing Isn't such a great wild? job out there. They, they are. Got- um, first I, I'll just, I'll just give you the oversight. Um, the vision that, um, Mr. McDougall, Don, has with leaving, um, like I was raised, leave it better than you found it. And um, Don and Marion are Islanders, true at heart, but have left to, you know, left obviously to, Don was the president of Labatt Canada at 30 something. Um, The reason the Blue Jays are here is part of him, Um, but never lost touch with, with how great Prince Edward Island is, and particularly west end of Prince Edward Island, um, the salt of the earth people up there. I have learned so much in the three years that I've been back in the Mill River mix and looking forward to moving forward. Um, We celebrate 50 years uh, this summer. Um, You know, we're a year-round resort, and yes, the, the improvements have been fantastic. My history with the resort you know, um, Dave, Dave um, was, well, Dave Rod was one of the first to jump on board to help me get going. So um, I think he would be very pleased to see what's happening up there and the continued growth that's going to happen. Um, you know, we got, I think the pandemic, we got lucky. We wanted, people wanted to play golf and I hope those people stay involved in golf, but life uh, on the West end of PEI is special. Yeah, and it, a great guy, a great guy, Sean Joyce, running the running the oh, golf yeah. side of it. Now up the there other right side now. of it. So, so Joffrey Irving, our president, um, Joff's a young guy that's um, 
I think he's got a lot on his plate, but managing it well. Louise has been around the golf course and the, the resort and hotel side for, well, since the beginning of time. Yeah, um, she's wonderful. Bringing, bringing Sean into the mix uh, really, I think, grounds, grounds us. He's, he, um, he can keep a lot of balls in the air. And um, I think moving forward, we're going to have some really good things uh, with golf. And, and I'm trying to find where I fit in um, to be part of the team, not to be something, you know, oh, well, she's the, I don't like the word ambassador because I'm not. I'm, I'm part of the team trying to, trying to do the best we can to make the product. Um, I said, if I need to come back in the winter and ski, uh, like cross-country yeah. ski, ride a, a fat bike or whatever they are, like, let's yeah. do it. Um, yeah, yeah. Because eventually here I will be home a lot more than I I currently am in the winter. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk or let you talk about. Uh, obviously, you've been involved in numerous charities, starting off with kids sports, mm-hmm. uh, moved on with McDonald's, the Lori Kane uh, Charity Classic. But I think now you're you're big into the CP has heart program. So I want to let you just kind of touch on that and tell, tell the listeners kind of what that's all about. Okay. Um, well, so my involvement with, uh, the heart health, um, comes with the railroad and, um, we've been, so the benefactors for all of the Canadian opens are children's hospitals and pediatric heart health. Uh, I've met some unbelievable kids um, anywhere from the age of six or seven, uh, that are willing to tell their stories and their families to tell their stories to, um, a young girl, Sam in Vancouver, the last time we played, um, was, I think she's probably 21 now or 22. Um, you know, heart disease runs rampant and I don't, in case you didn't know, um, they can remove your heart and give you a new one, but that doesn't mean you get rid of heart disease. Uh, and that was quite, quite surprising to me. I have a little friend in, in Ottawa, his name's Xander and boy, Xander's been to heaven and he's come back. Um, the stories that I've, I've been told and families who have embraced me, it's just, it's, it's chilling. Um, the railroad also has their corporate campaign on heart health right across the country and have. They're not people who like to toot their own horn. CP doesn't do that enough, if you ask me. Um, but that's just the kind of people. They're very railroaders are real hard workers. Um, obviously, we don't have any rail anymore at home, but um, it's very you know we're CP has worked with the Irving family in St. John, so we're we're making our way back into the Maritimes. Um, I had a personal situation. It's fun. This being Heart Health Month, um, 2018. Uh, I was here practicing and thought I was going to pass out. And we do have some family situations with um, hypertension. So um, Dr. Bill Stanish, who, you know, the story goes, he's my orthopedic specialist, not my cardiologist. (laughs) So you need to go get things checked out. And I failed an EKG um, or I had a positive EKG, which I thought was a good thing. And it's not. So um, Nick, to tell you that, um, you know, I've, I've covered the gamut. I, I've been a little bit quiet. Yes, my relationship with CP has allowed me to do the heart health side, but um, I'm very much right now trying to um, find my way to advocate for um, 
something that's important and it's obviously women's heart health. Um, I've met Dr. Sharon Mulvey who has a clinic in Halifax at the QEH2. Um, I, I think we as women, as they say, we symptom different. Um, that's not to take anything away from um, the guys. But we do symptom different. And so my goal is um, to help as much as I can in Atlanta, Canada to, to help what Dr. Mulvey is doing. Um, Prince Edward Island needs a stake in that. You know, we're small, but, um, and my dad had a heart attack, was taken very great care of in St. John. Um, so I think as an area, we need to do more and I wanna try to be a part of that. So I think down the pipeline here, I think with my relationship with Mill River and, and the McDougal family and uh, the boys out there will get something done. Um, I'm hoping sooner than later. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's unreal. Uh, so, so speaking of uh, health and, and sort of pandemics, um, think you're going to get back this summer or are you, you, what, what oh, you no, 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 definitely. I'm, I'm, um, I will come back up uh, whatever the protocols are. Um, right. I will follow those. Uh, you know, the reason I came back is, as I said early in the beginning of the show was that I was, I, I needed to get back to, to Lori's life to see what the rest of this back nine is going to look like and for how much longer. Um, I'm definitely uh, planning to be on the island, I hope, uh, early spring. And um, we'll do whatever, like I said, whatever it takes for me to do that. And then uh, we'll go from there. Lori, before we wrap up, I just want, uh, so when you get back, and you're playing in the Tuesday group. I want to give a couple locals the shout out. I want you. I want you to tell me who is the biggest challenge now in the Tuesday group at Belvedere. When you tee it up, you're like, "Well, I can't beat them. I, you know, they're really good. Whatever. Oh, who's, who's playing really well um, in the Tuesday group?" Well, you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of guys come Tuesday. We'll bring it, and they look at me like, you know, I always used to way back. I'd say, guys, you play on Tuesday like I play on Sunday. <laughs> so, like, you're you're, I'm not, you're it, absolutely right. Yeah. So um, I with oh gosh, I don't know who to. Okay. I think they're like you help me out with some names. I'll I'll give you. So I well, think well, right off the Curtis Curtis Hall can Curtis playing unreal. Uh, Tim McIsaac hadn't have fallen on his hand. Um, still right there. He can bring it for sure. I know. It's unbelievable. Um, I think the person that gets the, the biggest shout out over improvement of, and since Jamie's come to Belvedere is, is Jeff Willis. Um, yeah, I think absolutely. Jeff's game yeah. has totally improved. Um, having Todd Cormier back uh, playing golf, like Todd was a kid. Well, he's a few years younger than I am, but Todd and Skeddy and, and um, that crew, I'm so glad they're back playing, particularly yeah. for Todd. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just a good group of guys that, yeah. Uh, welcome me and can challenge me. I only, I only really got to know Todd last year. We played a couple times together in the Tuesday group and, uh, yeah, what an unreal, unreal guy, uh, to play with. It's such fun when we get to play with those guys, RP driving it 400 yards down. The, down well, the, down and, the and so I think there's, as you know, Lenny, there's been a changing of the guard. Like, yeah. um, yeah. Shelly, Shelly ran the Tuesday group for so long and RP's doing a, a, Great job. Um, he just tells me when I can play, if they need help or I yeah. need a spare. And I, you know, I'm super appreciative 
for even just being involved. Um, yeah. They they have a good time and uh, they like their golf and I like being a part of it. All right. We have taken up more of your time. You golfing today? I am. I'm, the reason oh. I asked you to bump the call up a little bit is um, we're actually closed on Mondays leading into tournament week, but the practice tee opens in about a half an hour. And uh, we're expecting some storms to roll in. So I need to get some work done before that happens. That's awesome. Always, always at it. Okay. Well, thank you. Oh, God, thank you so much, Lori. It was great to talk to you. And I uh, hope you'll have, you hope you'll do it again sometime. I am sure folks are going to really, really love doing this and uh, good luck with the, uh, with the qualifier. And uh, I mean, yeah. you don't need luck. You, you can get it done. Um, well, but you know, I'll know this i love what i do and it's obvious that you guys love um what you do and that and again um congratulations on the start of something that could be really good and okay. uh informative to people and yeah um, we'll see where it goes yeah. all right well thanks on. very much thanks Lori. Right. see ya take Bye. care okay welcome back and uh we, we really can't thank Lori enough for spending the time um, to have her as our first interview. I mean, I don't think, I really don't know if we're going to ever have a bigger interview uh, with someone as accomplished as her. I'm still just. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I remember, remember we were talking before the interview, like, I am nervous here. Oh, I was incredibly nervous. Yeah. I know her a little bit. I've, I've played with her um, and uh, on, in the, in the Tuesday group at Belvedere and, um, I mean, she is just a just a really wonderful person. Uh, actually, that being said, I wanted to bring this up. So I did, I did, I did some digging. I was asking some people about, you know, hey, you got any good Lori stories and whatever. The Chris Devine one, where she <laughs> was was one that I that I heard twice. So I said I'm going to definitely bring that one up. Uh, but most of the folks that I talked to were just talking about how kind she was, like, and is. Uh, a, a good example, um, Dave Shellington told me a, a real, just basically a quick thing. He said that uh, him and his father went down uh, to Florida and Lori went out of their way to invite them to play Lake Nona, which is one of the most exclusive courses down there. Um, and basically like treated them just like they were, you know, family. I mean, she's known Shelly for a long time, but, um, you know, just out of the blue and, and, uh, Dave's dad just like still talks about you know how special that was for him and uh, the other the other story that I, I wanted to mention was Roddy was telling me the other day I was talking to him and and he was saying that <clears throat> when he was caddying for her um, <laughs> she lo she loves to you know she's so social and she'll not you know not say hi to anyone and uh, so Roddy was starting to get worried about getting on the tee on time and so you know they're they're hopping in a golf cart and they're going to the to the first tee and here as they're going there's a girl that's uh kind of off to the side and she falls and kind of skins up her knee anyway roddy's like come on let's get to the first tee Lori stops the car no joke gets out walks over to the little girl, make sure that she's okay. And I can just imagine, you know, this little girl, right? Like here is the here's the lady that, you know, the biggest star in Canada for golf comes over, checks on her and and then, you know, made sure she was okay and then took off. Like that's the type of person she is. And I mean, anybody that doesn't know her, it's 
she's she's really a remarkable person. Yeah, when we finished the interview, it said, you know, 50 minutes or whatever it was. I honestly thought it was about 15. Like, it just went so fast. I just think we probably didn't even skim the surface of the stories she could tell about the tour and uh, people coming down to visit. And I hope she likes this episode so she does another one. Maybe if we're lucky. She mentioned maybe this summer when she's home in PEI. Yeah, che- we might checking in on us. Get a, get on a get around to golf. Yeah, uh, maybe with her. Oh my God, stories from that. Um, actually, I've heard that her short game now is even better than when she was on tour. On good authority, I've I've heard that. Okay, unbelievable. Um, okay, so we. <laughs> Did you want to go into our the the golf talk, the PGA talk? Yeah, we'll t- let's talk about uh, just quick. We'll touch on the tournament that just happened. Uh, the, the boys finished up at uh, Pebble Beach. Yep, uh, they play S- Pebble Beach and Spyglass the first two days, correct? Yep, and then move on to Pebble Beach for the for the final two. So they get one round in Spyglass. Did they play Cyprus? Or Spanish Bay. There's those two courses that there too. I feel like there's three. I think they just play the two. Really? And then okay, it might have changed. I know they made some changes too because it used to be like with should, all the amateurs and such. We should probably know this. Well, um, somebody will tell us. But you have a story. You've played. Spy I've played. Glass. So um, I've played Spyglass, and I was looking up some photos from it, and um, this was back in 2008, and. Um, so that how I got onto Spyglass is that my brother actually worked at a golf course in Monterey called Quail Lodge. And his girlfriend at the time, wife now, uh, worked at Pebble Beach in the sales department. And uh, he was able to get mom and dad. They've played Pebble Beach. They got lots of pictures. And I mean, they, it was just, <laughs> I was so jealous. So when I went down to visit, um, he wasn't able to get me on Pebble, but he was able to get me on, on, uh, Spyglass. And anyway, I played it and my golf game at that point, I, whew, I could not hit the ball straight at all off the tee anywhere, shanking things. I was absolutely horrendous, probably shot 150 and it is one of the toughest golf courses in like the United States. Um, and anyway, but, uh, what I, so that was fine. And I mean, it was just an amazing, an amazing golf course to play. The whole area is absolutely incredible. But just a couple of weeks ago, TrackMan released their like Pebble Beach, uh, Spyglass, I think Spanish Bay. I, there's another one anyway. And I was fortunate enough to play Pebble Beach on the new TrackMan software. And I've been telling anyone that'll listen, that is as close to playing Pebble Beach, like afterwards. I have never played a round at a simulator. I've played a lot of simulator golf. I have never played a round of golf and then afterwards felt like I just played that golf course like the Pebble Beach rendering or whatever that TrackMan or whatever the software is that that has it. It is incredible. Yeah, I think even if you go back to the original EA Sports Tiger Woods games, Pebble Beach has always been kind of in the video games even and oh, yeah. so you kind of get you've always I've always had an idea what the course layout is like, but I too have played it on the simulator, and it uh, it was incredible to it's play awesome. it. The, and just the 
Now, obviously, the undulations and the slopes, and it had the water. It has the sounds of the yeah. waters, uh, it was, water crashing down on. It was awesome. Uh, I, I do know that they line. have it at at the Belvedere Sims, um, and anywhere that they kind of have the track man. I know they can play Pebble, but um, worth the five hundred dollar U.S. green fee. I think you have to stay there too. Do you? Maybe I'm not sure. I don't know. I think you you I might be right. I think I, I think that's true. Experience it could though, be it's experience. It's experience. I'm yeah. an experience guy. You got to do this stuff. Don't look at the price tag. Do it. You'll never regret it. Like I will never regret uh, playing Spyglass. I think my brother actually sprung for that green fee, or at least half. But I'll never regret it. Yeah. Speaking of. Uh Never thinking about the price. What about the uh, this deal? Oh, I gave out a I gave out a real sick teaser last week yeah. about this deal that I heard about. So hanging on a golf deal, <laughs> and everybody loves a golf deal. Um, so after thinking about it, I, I think our best course of action with these deals, because obviously, if we start just sort of talking about this deal and that deal, we would be here all day. But I think I'm going to tweet it out. So make sure you're following one of the socials that we have, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. This time last week, we didn't have these right. socials, by the way, but um, they're on there, uh, Island Green, Green Pod. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet that out. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully some folks can take advantage. And, I, and I, hope, I hope we get a lot of, you know, maybe some tags or mentions in some of these other deals that golf courses want us to tweet out because... Um, you know, uh, we want to we want to share the the deals with everybody. Yeah, we want people in Atlanta, Canada, to enjoy all the courses we have to offer. You know, yeah. PEI's got amazing courses, and oh, and we're the luckiest, luckiest by far. But, but there's some special, like there's some amazing courses, and you go to Cape Breton, yeah, you're down in Halifax, New Brunswick. Like there's courses all over the place. So. Well, that's nothing like a road trip either. <laughs> The Man, golf I road trip. You ever see the meme with the Microsoft guys and it's uh, <laughs> when they're dancing? Yeah. Windows ninety. My, when Windows ninety five got yeah, released. Yeah, and the meme is. Uh, it's kind of how I first, do. First, uh, the meme's a. Uh, this looks like the first morning of a guy's a dad's golf road trip, and just got them just <laughs> jamming to the music with the the khakis and the. Yep. 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 It's that pretty, is that's exactly how you are every morning or uh, during a golf. Yeah, outing. Ah, uh, so good. You hit the Tims and board, and then you just know the bridge is right there, and away you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's talk about, uh, or let's let's get our picks in this week. Okay. Um, this will be sort of the last segment that we have um, on our on our second episode. Episode two. We're gonna wrap it up with picks. Our picks. So obviously, last week you absolutely killed it. So I, I did. am curious as to your picks this week. Okay. You go first. Before I, I do, um, I I did well, but I kind of got nervous because then I said, "Well, now I got to back it up." So anyone anyone who's done any gambling, I guess, in Atlantic Canada, football, basketball, golf, um, would probably know the name Johnny Oddshark. And me and Johnny, yeah, me and Johnny uh, grew up together in Burlington, and he owes me a favor because he smashed an egg over my head for no reason at a friend's house in grade seven. So I reached out, and he kind of led me down, gave me some, gave me some tips. So we'll see if they pan out this week. If if they don't pan out, you know where to place the blame. (laughs) 
I so, like it. So these aren't really your, these are a, no, no, a coordinated are nope, effort. No, no, oh, no okay, these are mine. Right. Okay. He just kind of, he guided. Okay. But he wasn't giving advice. So, uh, three players. I'm going, I know Dustin is an obvious pick, but I'm not taking him. He's only paying six to one, and that just doesn't intrigue me. <laughs> I'm okay. taking I'm taking Bryson, who's paying 16 to one this week, which is kind of egregious for Bryson. He's usually in that eight to nine. Maybe. Great. Great word. Egregious. Egregious. Oh, yeah. Um, to look that up. He's usually playing, uh, paying you know, 8, 9, 10 to 1. So at 16 to 1, I like that. He played good in Saudi Arabia. Uh, You're even throwing the odds in here this week. You've to. upped your game. I, okay, keep I going. Did. Keep going. Saudi Arabia. Okay, so he's paying 16 to 1. We're taking him. Second, I'm taking Xander. Shoffley. I know uh, he didn't close it out in Phoenix, I know, but his game's trending. Also, Paying at fourteen to one, Xander Shoffley. And my third pick, I'm going a bit off the board. Um, he finished to second twice in Hawaii, the both Hawaii events, but he's been off for four weeks, so he's kind of no one's looking out for him. But I'm going with the Chilean Joaquin Neiman. Ooh, all right. Paying fifty to one right now. That's a great pick. Riviera is a ball striking course. What's he got? Two wins already? Maybe. Um, Believe so, but his ball striking's there, and that's what you need at Riviera. And like I said, he he he's been off for four weeks, so he's going to come back, and I, I think he's going to play well this week. So Joaquin Neiman, Xander, and Bryson are going to be my three. You're you up. put a lot more thought and effort into your picks than I did. Um, I did put more thought into it than I did the first week, even though I did have Spieth, and and uh, you know he did he did very well, almost pulled it off. I think he's playing again this week too. He is. Okay, but no, we're not picking him. I'm not picking him. You didn't pick him, so we kind of think that he's um, three weeks of to be burnout. You mentioned my first pick. Um, he just won over in Europe, I think. Uh, Dustin Johnson's my first pick. Um, <laughs> how do you? I'm not picking against this guy. He's hitting it straight and far, and he's putting well. I mean, I personally, I think he's going to win the tournament just to sort of say, hey, I'm back in North America. Here we go. Um, my next pick is our uh, champion from the waste management. I'm going to pick Bruce, uh, Bruce, 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 Bruce Kepka. Bruce Kepka. Uh, let's go, Brewski. It's his alter ego. Yeah. It's like Laurie's. Uh, yeah, it's like Laurie's. Judith. 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 Um, I'm picking Brooks. I, I just think his mindset uh, he wasn't in the lead the entire weekend, made a huge charge on Sunday to take the title. He's It's been sort of a little bit longer for him to get back in the, into the uh, winner's circle, and I just think that he's going to be good this week. Is it a marquee of, enough of an event for Brooks to care, though? <laughs> yeah, right. God. I don't know. Well, and, you know, the field is fairly strong. This, That's this, true. So this can't, is a, you can't this diss is, half the field by saying that they're no good. This is an extremely strong field this week. And my last pick, um, and this one, I he's either going to miss the cut or finish top five, is Colin Morikawa. Um, and I don't think he's going to miss the cut. He almost had, like, the record for starting his career um, with, with consecutive cuts made, I think. If he didn't tie the record, Fritz over there he was close. frantically – typing away trying to get me to see it do, nope. do my fact checking more was a good pick 
Yeah. It was 22. He he made 22 consecutive 22 cuts. 22 to start his career, yep. I wonder if that's the record. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But that's my third pick. So we got Bruce Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, mm-hmm. and you've got Bryson Zander and Walk. Is it Joaquin Neiman? Joaquin. 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 Like Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. A lot of movie. Uh, a lot yeah. of movie. Uh, references tributes, here references tonight. today. So. Yeah. So those are those are our picks. I this week I am betting them. I'm going to be putting some money on our. Me picks. too. You got to. I got to put my money. Do you know how much money we probably are? would have made last week had we set a DraftKings, you know, or whatever with your picks? Might have been playing Pebble. Oh, would have. Yeah, we definitely would have had a sponsor on this podcast, yeah. the Friddler. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think that's just about it for this week. I think so. Uh, like I had a blast again today. Um, like I said, the the guest was kind of the. The piece de resistance for today's episode. <laughs> no question. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it was just a great interview. It was really good to kind of get to know Lori a little bit. And uh, I'm looking forward to meeting her when she gets home this summer. Yeah, so I'm going to check out the golf schedule, line up weekends, book them off now, make sure that uh, you know those weekends are free. <laughs> Uh, as much as possible, although what you said there's there's one pretty much every weekend, and uh, oh oh, and solid tip, my boy Anderson might not be here for the summer. There's a there's a okay. breaking news. I'm you're you're hearing it here first, just to see what what COVID's all all about. He's over in Europe, killing it over there in the uh, in in the hockey league there. But um, anyway, he may not be back for the summer. So breaking news in the Island Green podcast. But um, gonna check those out and. Uh, Thanks yeah. For, thanks for tuning in, and uh, hope to. Yeah, let's wrap this up. Thank you so much, okay. everyone, for for tuning in. We appreciate the feedback, and uh, we'll see you next week. Okay. All right. See bye. Ya.